my husband at the time was saying to her, she's mental, she's gone mental. And my friend said to him, either she hasn't gone mental or she has gone mental. If she is mental, what she needs is support and understanding, not people running around saying she's gone mental. And I think that when women act out of the box, often what everybody says is they've gone mad with, with, with yeah. no sense of empathy in that phrase at all. Welcome to Women Are Mad, where we invite women to bring their anger into everyday conversation. We're all feeling it. Let's get together to work out what to do with it. I'm Jennifer Cox. I'm Salima Saxton. I'm Jane Green. Women, what's been making you angry this week? Hmm. I've got a good one. I have something. Oh, on you go. Please. Okay. Slow walkers. I I know it's a really (laughs) stupid thing, but in New York, I just feel like New York is a city where you've got to walk quickly because you're busy. You're, You're walking from place to place. But of course, my office is in Midtown. And I get stuck behind the slow walkers. And oh. I drive. What is this, tourists? Mostly tourists. Yeah, New Yorkers walk very fast and they're very sort of curt and terse with you. But tourists are very friendly and smiley and they're looking up. They're always looking up <laughs> and they're walking really <laughs> dallying along. Like that. Oh, God, that yeah. was me like probably London, last year. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm the slow walker, Jane, I hate to admit. <laughs> um, brilliant. <laughs> Let me, tell you about mine. Story, yes. Let me tell you about mine. The hashtag be kind. I'm kind oh. of kinded out by that. I think it's reductive. I think it I think it really stops you being kind to yourself in certain circumstances. And I think it is a great big shh, be nice, ah. play nice. So mm, be kind. That goes on my angry making pile this week. Mm, fair enough. I this week for me, it's been women's guilt that has really sort of gone deep. Um, I think I've sort of opened the floodgates slightly on it um, on the on the Insta page, but also forever I've noticed this is what patients bring is just their own feelings of sort of badness when actually they should be feeling livid about about the situation, you know, other people very often have sort of forced them into. And then it's really convenient for those other people that these women should continue to feel bad for it. Mm-hmm. So it's it sort of works well as far as society is concerned that women feel guilty and not angry. Um, and that's made me angry. Um, so, yeah, that's just part of the sort of layered up quest that uh, I'm quest, on. Good word. Quest. Mm. Seeking a guilt-free life for myself and others. Uh, And on that joyful note, I want to bring in our fantastic guest for this week, Juliet Cowan. Juliet is pure gold. As a performer, she's intuitive, effervescent, and really fucking funny. She's currently taking over the world in smash hits like Daisy Mae Cooper's Am I Being Unreasonable, The Power, and the new Amy Winehouse biopic, Back to Black. Juliet, welcome. Hi, gorgeous. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Juliet, please tell us what makes you angry. (laughs) 
I think the at, at base, the thing that makes me the most angry is not feeling like I can speak, kind of feeling shut up. And that I think it makes me angry because it makes me afraid. Um, I in on, on the whole, in any situation where I can I feel free to speak my mind and be myself, I feel totally relaxed, whoever I'm with. But I feel that if I'm being shut up or told that what I'm thinking or feeling or saying is not right, that that invokes a kind of response of anger in me. And I think it sort of comes from a fear of being, it, it makes me feel kind of bullied. And so then I feel like maybe I'm not being courageous enough or, but basically, yeah, being silenced, whether overtly or not yeah that's that I think that's a very sort of broad broad base of where my a lot of my anger comes from were you allowed to have a voice in your childhood were you allowed to express emotions and were you were you allowed to have a voice so yeah I mean we kind of were explicitly I came from a very sort of um therapy for example so my both my parents had mental health issues which they had found lots of solace in therapy with and my dad had a friend who worked at a place called the Anna Freud Child Psychotherapy Clinic oh, so wow yeah Wait, in Hampstead where was yes. that yeah yeah did I walk past that on the way to school every day Probably. yes you did yes you would have done yes yeah. I think I did yes so I, my sister who had a kind of health, sort of psychological stroke, stroke health problem was sent first. And then my little sister who had really struggled with my mum's mental ill health, because she was the baby, uh, went second. And then I, who considered myself to be the most mentally healthy of all of them, had to go five days a week. At what age? From about eight to about 13. It's because what? you'd borne the brunt. That's why you needed to go the most, because you were the container for it all. Well, it ended up maybe. in you. Yeah, I was the middle. So I was the kind of least, I was the most secretive and the least expressive. So uh, I think as a child for me, expressing myself wasn't a big issue. We didn't have like a problem with anger in our house. It's quite an angry house in lots of ways, but not in a kind of, horrifically oppressive way but I'm I I also was as I think loads of people are a very like sensitive child very sensitive to kind of approbation and I think as an adult I still am that I'm quite sensitive to people being hurt or upset by things I say Mm -hmm. so I I feel quite keenly if I feel that people don't want me to say stuff sort of personally or politically so I but you're not a pleaser are you a people pleaser I am a pleaser in a certain way but I'm also a failure as a people pleaser I'm like a weird combination <laughs> of someone who makes a big effort to people please and then gets really fucking bored and just can't be bothered anymore so I'm like successful at, for the first five minutes and then I fail <laughs> but I think that's also because you're quite a truth seeker right so you're somebody who stands up for people and you seek the truth. Mm-hmm. I was quite interested when you were saying about feeling um, 
um, when you feel angry and when you feel that somebody is perhaps not not is trying to stop you from speaking about something because I've never seen you in that situation because you're someone I know that speaks their mind really clearly when has that when's that happened for you um I think it's perhaps in sort of terrains where I'm I'm not sure uh you know how what because because I can often speak like quite plainly I'm not sure whether people kind of understand the context of where I come from or I think I feel misunderstood a lot of the time but also uh, just as much as not feeling like I'm able to speak not being listened to also mm. being ignored I, I find I find makes me feel very angry and I, I find it quite difficult to know what to do with that anger because I'm what like what do you do how do you express it I, f- I do feel it and I try and get myself in a situation where uh, it's e- it's less easy to ignore me. I'm Maybe. not very shouty. I'm not very pushy. I'm not good at either of those things. So I try and get myself into a situation where people might feel more interested in hearing me. Is this behind the the decision to become an actor, do you think? To some extent it is. I think if you're an actor and you have any um profile people are more interested in what you have to say and also they do things like I once I went to Spain on a holiday when nobody knew who I was and it was as if as if my sort of long fingers had been sort of snipped off nobody you know smiled more at me or you know let me go a bit in front of the queue or serve me a bit more quickly or it was amazing the difference <laughs> that those sorts of things deeply wait, unpleasant, how, how, did I imagine. <laughs> how did you feel about that how how was I felt that su- I felt suitably chastened <laughs> <laughs> angry 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 no I didn't feel angry I felt okay. like <laughs> I felt that it was something that I'd kind of got used to that nearly everybody in the world doesn't have the benefit of I I feel I'm quite interested in you know who and why people aren't listened to not just me obviously for me it it has a personal response but I'm also interested in yeah who is not being listened to at all because some people just aren't listened to at all Mm. and then they raise their voices and everyone tells them they're shouty um that's women in general do you not think (laughs) yeah I think that is a lot women in general and I think that brings us very nicely to your one woman show actually fuck off and leave me alone because I think that a work of genius it's a work of genius I think that addresses a lot of what we're saying here and now right it does and Mm. it's also a, a way of like taking up some space in mm. order to say to say what you want to say in sometimes quite a complicated way it's not like a necessarily although it's comedy it's not it's not always simple so you know some of the things you know need listening to um sometimes it feels a bit sneaky to like make it into a show where people have to come for an hour and listen to what I have to say. It's quite a nice to have that space to carve out and uh, present things that aren't aren't necessarily just uh, 
sort of straightforward um, in a kind of oratory kind of way. Well, we've talked about this before about things not being linear necessarily, and it's mm-hmm. quite and in a lot of women enjoy that non-linear exploration of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. our lives are like this, a bit of this and a bit of this, and then this is cracked in here. And it's it's sort of part of, I think, this, again, this sort of rich layering of the different flavours of anger that often come into our lives and quite unexpectedly sometimes. That bit, I think often, you know, we're shocked by our own responses and have to kind of recalibrate them and... And think- often frightened by them when they're strong feelings, I think. Yeah, and often disgusted by them as well, I think. And I think historically, I mean, everything that, that you've just said about sort of being silenced and, and how angry... I When I think historically about women who haven't been able to speak and who have then been deemed, you know, when you get angry, because there is nothing more infuriating than not being able to speak and not being heard. And then, of course, of course, you get angry. And and then so often, I think we're deemed crazy. Yeah. Um, right. You know, we're, that, that's, that's exactly mm. hysterical, witches, you know, wh- mm-hmm. whatever it is, mm. um, we are penalised for, for, for not being loud enough in a yeah. in a weird way even though we're trying all we're doing is we're trying to be heard yeah we just can't seem to do it in a way that society will accept yeah. and that further angers us i think because it's you know we're stymied our hands are tied we're, we're we've got these feelings that we need to express that you know it would do us good to express but also we've got no vocabulary to do it with Jules, yeah. what was the angriest point in your life or the angriest moment? I think um, I think I found, although it was also in some ways the most jo- joyful, but when my kids were little, I think I was very, I was re- really shocked by how um, not only on the whole is entire other humans' lives left to one person, by by device but also uh how much blame there was in any mistakes that went wrong in that activity Mm. also Mm. laid at the door of one person Mm -hmm. I, I you know I really think that you know one specific and usually mother is not enough people to like raise a gaggle of other humans or even one other human it's just and also with 100% of the responsibility for how well or how badly you do that Mm. without without any sympathy for the struggles that you you might have like when and I talk about this in my show about having sort of you know, during my perimenopause, sort of going a bit mental and leaving my husband and smashing up my whole family. And I was just talking about this last night. A friend of mine, my my um, husband at the time, was saying to her, she's mental, she's gone mental. And my friend said to him, either she hasn't gone mental or she has gone mental. If she is mental, what she needs is support and understanding, not people running around saying she's gone mental. And I think that when women act out of the box, often 
what everybody says is they've gone mad with 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 yes. no sense of empathy in that phrase at all because being mad is is a very uncomfortable and painful situation oh. to be in. Mm. So just using she's gone mad as a kind of admonition is totally counter is totally unconstructive mm. to it's almost them. it's almost like I, people worry it might be catching <laughs> if people, as if people just want to be angry with you for struggling or not being able to cope or doing things that they don't approve of or when actually you know all those things can be even if not necessarily a cry for help but just acting out your own situation and usually they mean you need support so i i think um as somebody who also um you know blew up her life at i was 37 and and just clearly in in we were too mismatched we should not actually have ever we should never have been married but for the fact that we had these four amazing children who were very very tiny and at 37 i blew up my life and and the story that people said on his side or what my mm. husband said was she's having a midlife crisis. And I, I think that's the easy get out. It's menopause or it's midlife crisis that rather than actually passing it out or indeed acknowledging not just what it is to be a working mother, because that's a huge thing. It, it, yeah. it It's, you know, the, it, it's a massive layer on top of all of the stress that motherhood alone brings. Um, but also what their personal responsibility might be, what their part in this might be. It's very, very much easier to say she's having a crisis and she's gone mad. It's a further act of violence against the woman. And yeah. I think it ties back to my whole hashtag be kind thing, I think. It's the same kind of thing, right? Yes. Stop talking. That's... Stop talking now. Be nice. Yes. Yeah. But also, I think, like I said earlier, I think the thing about be kind is, on the whole, kind people are pretty kind. And the be kind will often fall on right. the ears of the people <laughs> already being kind, whereas the people yeah. who are being cunts just, they just aren't interested. Oh, definitely. yeah. But uh, the funny thing is, it's not about kindness at all. I, I'm, what I was always very cognizant of when I was raising my kids was, uh, and not to say that I'm the expert at all, but I kindness just seemed it just it didn't have any meaning really. Right. And, and I think what mm. I my um, possibly I've made a massive mistake because I probably raised these four intense people pleasers. But my whole thing was be very aware of the impact that you have on the world around you and on the people around you. Brilliant. So whatever yeah. your you know your it whether that's in your speech or in your actions, it it is it be aware of of the impact that that has, which which for me held more weight than just yes. be kind, be kind. Yeah, and also people it, don't can't feel how powerful they are and how much impact they have on others. It's very difficult for us to realize how you know even a even a phrase can. And, you know, we can't all be 100%, you know, police ourselves all the time. But I think I've got a dog and she seems like the perfect person to me because she's a really sweet, well-behaved dog. She, whenever you look around, she's there, she's kind, she's, you know. But if she sees something that she really wants to do, like chase a fox or a squirrel, off she goes and there's no getting her back. And I think to raise children, to be kind... Within the realms, as long as it's not stamping on 
their own inner voices, who they feel they have to be. In all things, be kind unless it's damaging to you. And, and being kind, being a byproduct of your activity rather than what you're chasing after. And right? coming from a place mm. of happiness inside. Yeah, probably. Yeah, kind. Those are the kindest people. Yeah. But it's also, it's passing out what kindness is, I think. And I think that's part of the problem now is the whole hashtag be kind movement doesn't actually explain yeah. what kindness is. And and the truth is you can't, you know, you you you've got to sort of, be aware you have to pass it out otherwise it, it's just being nice and being quiet and being being slightly submissive I think yeah it's, or it's easy to interpret it as that and it, it's not that at all um I think it's very much you know it's owning your it's it's being aware of your behavior in the world and then you know when you fuck up as everybody does owning it and 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 keeping yeah. your side of the street clean but also, I think kindness is a bit like um, is a bit like sort of climate crisis reactions. In that, you know, on the whole, most people are pretty kind. The people who aren't right. kind, are people who have a financial incentive not to be kind. On the whole, most people sort of try and do a bit of recycling and stuff. But it's the people who have a financial incentive to fuck up the world who do the most damage. And I think that's the problem with the be kind thing. It's it's like most people will hear be kind and think they're not being kind enough. Whereas mm. actually it's the people, the people who are really hounding people out of their own lives for their own financial incentive, it just they just can't hear it because they're what they're all they can really hear is money and power. Jules, and in the sea of all this um difficult and powerful emotion, um, how do you find peace and calm and what makes you happy i do quite a lot of exercise i walk a lot i swim a lot i dance that makes me happy like literally i like small the small things please me i i like sort of cooking with my kids and doing small kind of homey things obviously my work makes me really happy I love my work and I'm very um fulfilled by it I do we you know I started I rediscovered bead looming what <laughs> did you as a kid what do you make do you make jewelry with bead so looming? I make little so far I make little um strips of I used to make lots of bracelets so now I make these strips with a word on and I sew them onto jumpers. I haven't worn my, my jumpers. We made me one. I'd love one. Yeah. Yeah. Can it oh, say yeah. can it say hashtag be kind? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> fuck, fuck on at the fuck moment. Off. Yeah, no, okay. I've done a few with love on. Yeah. I like a four letter word. thank you so much Jules it's an absolute delight and a pleasure to have you with us yes it's so lovely to actually meet you on here and Um, you you're brilliant but you know that so so um I'm calling you Jules now because this is clearly that you know de rigueur on the show Jules (laughs) Have a great week and be kind. Thank you. I'll try, but I might be a cunt. You can still be a cunt. (laughs) 
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.